Well, hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have, well, I don't want to say she's our favorite, but she is our favorite. We are having our darling Patricia Greenberg back, the fitness gourmet, um, to Women Beyond a Certain Age. And hello, Patricia. Hello, Denise. How are you? So happy to see you. I'm thrilled to see you. I feel like we haven't talked to you in a year, but you know, it may have been a year with COVID and the long. Pat, if people don't know Pat, she, I've known Pat for, I think, almost 30 years. And we met um, in the Los Angeles food scene, but Pat has written four books, Pat, four mm -hmm. or five books. Four. Mm -hmm. Four. And the latest one was called Eat, let me say, eat well, live well, age well. Now, let me tell you something. So Pat's here today to talk about that. And the reason Pat, and I read all your notes, the reason I'm thrilled you're here is that you sell it in the, in the loveliest way to people in the world. See, the reason most people, Pat is a professional chef. She's a professionally trained um, nutritionalist. I mean, this Pat's got credentials, but Pat, you know, most people I've worked with so many nutritionalists because I worked with them on their TV shows and honey, after an hour or two, I didn't listen to a word they said. I hated their guts because they were so horrible to me. They would say things like, oh, don't tell me you just drank a glass of orange juice. That's just a, that's just like drinking a bag of sugar. And so they would say things to me. I think, what do you mean? My mother gave me orange juice my whole life growing up. I thought vitamin C was good for me. They said things that were so horrible to me that I didn't like them. And yet when I read everything you talk to me about, about health, nutrition, eating differently, you're talking about making shifts. That's what you're, you're not telling me I'm, a failure, you're trying to teach me how to make shifts. So let's talk about that. Yeah, thank you, Denise. And I'm, I'm so delighted to be here. I too hear the shaming going on. And I think that nutritionists, physicians, trainers, anyone in the wellness industry, I think in the financial industry, every aspect of our lives buy into the marketing shaming and feel that they have to use it to attract attention. So I really want to talk about a couple of aspects of this. Number one, I'm going to say this over and over again. This is kind of in the back of the book, but I'm, I'm bringing this to the forefront and you can understand why when you hear this. Every decision we make, every waking moment of the day of our lives from childhood through adulthood into older age is based on our self-esteem. And everything that we hear and we feel about ourselves that comes from the external forces coming at us shapes the way that we make decisions and shapes the way we feel about the decision. So if you have a mother chasing you around the house as a little kid, drink your milk, drink your milk, or drink your orange juice, or you eat your peas or eat your broccoli, you can't leave the dinner table till you lick your plate clean. That's zero to five years old. We take those habits with us for the rest of our lives. So somehow we got lost in the translation of mother's nurturing to mother's becoming nutrition Nazis to that becoming the way that we market what we want to sell to people. The market in, marketing industry, the Madison Avenue, if we even still call it that anymore, you can tell we're all old. They thrive on shaming people. And this is still um, 
when I was teaching nutrition in culinary schools, that was also exactly what you would see and hear in the textbook. And you have to eat, you know, three ounces of salmon with a half a cup of peas and two tablespoons of rice. It's like, who the hell is going to sit down and, and, and do all that? And I, that's how my whole career of writing books about nutrition and wellness and cookbooks came to be, is that this is not, nobody's going to learn from this, especially a kid in culinary school who wants to cook and thrive in the food scene. They're not going to listen to it. But I've learned over and over and over again, no matter who I talk to, it reverts back to how you were shamed in your upbringing about food and about your weight. And the other thing I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you weigh. I mean, it does to a certain degree if it's jeopardizing your life. But the reality is we all of our, our shape is God given. Some of us have big boobs. Some of us have small boobs. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us are barrel chested with tiny skinny legs. Some of us are bottom heavy. When you hear someone saying maximizing what you have, and that's exactly right. This is the way I'm shaped. What do we know is dangerous? We know it's dangerous to be 100 pounds overweight. But what we're learning, which I think is phenomenal and I'm excited about, is that it's better for you to have a couple of extra pounds on you as you age. It's a protective measure. So I wonder now, we often think, was this a God-given natural uh, uh, predisposition that we were given to be a little heavier as we get older? I know it sounds funny, but you have a little cushion if you fall. We hope you don't fall, but you do. But even more importantly, if you develop any kind of illness, especially after 60, that little bit of weight will give you a cushion. I'm talking about 10, 15, even 20 pounds. That's not excessive. So stop, stop walking around saying, you know, I remember when I weighed 125 and I'm going to get back there and I'm going to do every pill powder, stand on my head, start fast because damn it, I'm going to weigh 125 again. Let it go. It's okay to be 130. It's okay to be 135. Keep a check on it. If you can't breathe when you walk up the stairs, if you're unable to walk, if your arthritis is so bad, those are the times we're talking about where weight is dangerous. We're not talking about those little increments that climb as we get older, as long as it's not inhibiting your life. And what's a beach body, ladies? You know my line? It's putting on a bathing suit and going to a beach. Then you have a beach body. That's it. You spend one more second worrying about what you look like in a bathing suit. That's another minute you took away from your life and you took away from the beauty of going to the beach, sitting by the pool and reading a book, and nobody's looking at you. You're the only one looking at you. If I could, if, if this, that is the one thing, God willing, I'm going to live to be 120, but it's the one thing that I want to be my legacy that people feel good about who they are at the moment they are that given any time of day, night, wherever you are at that moment, that you're okay with what you're at. Now, how do we get lost, especially for yeah. women over 60? Well, I think you just said, I want to say, Pat, I think we get lost from exactly the point you just made, honey, from shame. Yes. And I want to say one thing, just what you just said, because it's so important. One of my childhood friends, one of my dearest friends in the world, has a daughter who's a little husky. Mm -hmm. Now, her daughter just had a baby. So she's got a few pounds on her. But she, uh, my friend brought pictures of her daughter in a bathing suit because they'd all gone swimming or they were, you know, canoeing or they were, 
And you know what I saw when I saw that picture? I thought, God bless that child, that she isn't, she's living her life. She was in the canoe. She was in the bathing suit. She wasn't saying, oh, I'm too fat to put on a bathing suit. Right. Because in my generation, I'm just saying, as a young woman, Pat, I always thought I was too fat in my bathing suit when I won 100. I weighed 108 pounds. I know. I know. So you're, so I think all that shame that you just talked about carries over into our self-esteem. And that's then when we start to get lost as to who we really are. So please. It's, it's true. And, and uh, I always say that I'm on that cusp. I graduated high school in 1978. And that was a time where we were still in that place where women had a choice that they could get married and raise a family or go to college. Just a couple of years later, when my youngest sister graduated high school, which was 1984, you had to go to college, you had a career, you were a loser if you stayed home. Just in those couple of those uh, years made a big difference. But okay, you get married and you, let's say between 18 and 21, and you have a family. And after 10 years, you feel pretty worn out, but where are you? You're only 28 and you feel old and you feel like, wow, Instead of saying, my goodness, you know, I'm 28, I could start all over again. I'm going back in time. This is today. It's a little bit different. Um, and then you go, you know, between 28 and 30, you say, you know, I should go back to school and finish my degree, but I'll be 30 and everybody else is 18. And you know, that old saying, now we look back, right? We laugh at that. You go to school at 30. That's fantastic. You go to school at 40, who cares? Now at 40, you need job security because you're getting to that point where you're a little bit older. And then you don't stop taking risks. You say, I'm just going to stay at this job that I hate because I'm 40 and no one out there is going to hire me. No one's going to take me. And then at 50, the world is telling you you passed your prime and you don't look good. You don't fit in. You don't, et cetera. And then before you know it, you're 60 and you feel like, no, oh, shit, my life is over. I'm 60. I, I wasted all my good years. I didn't go to school. Um, I didn't take care of myself in the way that I wanted to, I didn't pursue the things I wanted to do. And what happens? Denial, fear, anger, and fatigue are all those things that set in over the years that prevent you from changing from the better. That's how women our age got lost. Honey, that is, I'm going to repeat it because it's brilliant. Yes. And we'll, we'll tell people again, the name of your book. And of course, all your information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Denial, fear, Anger and fatigue prevents you from changing for the better. Now, see, that's 20 years of therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but 40 years of therapy. I am not practicing therapy without a license. Yes. Madam, you just put it in a sentence because the denial, fear, and anger actually cause the fatigue. In that's my correct. Way. That's it's absolutely like, that you hit the nail on the head. You know, you're exhausted from thinking about what a horrible person you are or what, you're or what you've lost or yes, what you, yes. what you failed at, you know, Pat, and this is, you know, because we talk more often than just on the podcast. And if people don't know, and we'll mention this too, Pat has a radio show. So there's another vehicle that we can listen to Pat. Pat, I know this in my whole life. Most of the times I've had a lot of energy. Okay. Now in the last year or two, as I've retired, I don't have the same energy. I was saying that to Cindy, but you know what it really is? 
I don't want to do anything that I'm not interested in anymore. Right. So on the days that I feel fatigue or I say to Kenny, oh, I'm so tired today. I'll take a little nap. It's because I can. Do you right. See? Right. And I don't want to go write it, write something for Huffington Post, or I don't want to work on a project that I started, or I don't want to do the laundry because we change and we shift. But most of the time, fatigue comes from, I think, things that you're not facing. That's okay? correct. Oh, I couldn't, you, you're, I couldn't have stated it better. And, and the, it, this is what's part of what we, you know, I always say embracing aging is saying, um, what, what, what is going on in my life? One of the things I did, and this is, this is a whole nother chapter, right? And those of you who are listening, who, who are old enough to understand this reference, I always say, are you Oscar or are you Felix? Because that makes a very big, that plays a very big role in, in how you conduct your life going forward. So how do we embrace this aging all of that, it is so easy for me and even your therapist and your physician and your friends to say, drop it, let go of it, forget about it. But like I said earlier, you were molded in those early years and those are the hardest things to, to let go of. And I make the analogy of whoever taught you how to tie your shoes when you were five is the way you're gonna tie your shoes at 50 and the way you're gonna tie your shoes when you're hundred. And that translates into everything else that um, you do in your life. So one of the hardest things is not making the change, but making the drastic change and letting go of, it's almost like burying a family member. I'm no longer gonna do that. I have to mourn the loss of that behavior, of that belief. What I, and listen, I don't want this to be a downer. I'm just saying it is, it, it is very, very difficult to do. So embracing aging, what do we do now? How do we go after what we want? Here's the thing I want to emphasize to everybody. Want you to, I want you to think about what do you want for the rest of your life? Do you want to feel the way you did when you were younger? Do you want to feel tired? Do you want to feel awake and alive? Now, there are some very, very real situations where we are physically maybe not up to certain things. And I totally understand that, that there's a reality in a certain age that you may not want to take things on. I share very publicly that I was a marathon runner and I developed hip arthritis. And I, re I go through periods of time, full disclosure, my hip is in so much pain. I have to figure out what I'm going to do to get, get through my day around that. Then there's other days I don't, but you know what? I continue to plow forward because I say, you know what? I can't run a marathon. And it's for a frame of reference, that's 26.2 miles in one stint. So I can go for a walk with my friends. I can take my dog out. I can reacquaint with my husband. Let's reframe the things we used to love to do and try to incorporate it into how it fits into our lives today. I like to knit. Some of you know I'm a very prolific knitter. Okay. Oh, so I sit down and I say, you know what? What can I do different that's creative? I've done that pattern a few times. Let me try something new. I don't have to sit and look at the pattern and go, oh, I'm making a mistake and rip the whole thing out. You know what? Just do something easier. Do something I could watch TV. I could walk, I could uh, even, you know, talk to other people or visit while I'm doing it. So I think you know where I'm going with this is to try to find ways to still do what you love and still gave you that feeling of accomplishment and, and wonder and do it in a way that works for you today. And stop caring what people think, Denise. This is the, I don't have any more Fs to give, as we say. And you know what the truth is? 
nobody, okay, people care about you in the humane sense, in the sense of humanity that everyone wants you safe and happy and healthy. Nobody cares what color lipstick you're wearing, how high heel you're wearing right now. And you want to go in the supermarket and you want to go in your pajamas. I'm not advocating that, but nobody cares. People don't, we walk around saying, what'll people think? I have a very funny anecdote. I was on a little, um, I did a little segment in Chicago years ago, somewhere along the line in one of my cookbooks, I was in town doing a show on Fox. And how, and you guys remember Harold Ramis, the comedian from uh, Ghostbusters? Funny, funny guy. And we're sitting in the green room talking. He goes, you know, I, my wife and I love to eat soy. We learned about it when we were in California and I've seen your book and I love it. And I was so flattered because he's so funny. And um, as he's getting up to walk out, I said, where do you live now? He goes, oh, we moved back to Chicago. I was really tired of holding my stomach in every day. And I bust out laughing because it's like, that's how you feel in LA. You got to hold your stomach in no matter where you go because, but it's this kind of thing that if you could just find an avenue in a way to relax into what you love, it, it, it'll be life-changing. Um, are you feeling stuck? You know, do you feel stuck? We all feel stuck at certain points. Do you feel too old to change that life is passing you by? That's the big one, Pat. That's what I think. See, people, Cindy and I were talking about this right before you came on because Cindy, Cindy had also read everything you sent us and we knew what we were gonna talk about. You think you can't make changes. Well. Of course you can make changes. Now, Pat, I have lost 25 pounds in the last year. It took me a full year, but my whole goal was to change my eating habits, change my behavior, okay? Now, basically what I did, and the reason I did it was simply, I wanna lose weight. It's not my health. No one said you should lose weight though. I, I just wanna feel better. So I have felt better. I sleep better. I don't, you know. But basically what I did is I used to take, I took two meals instead of three meals and I pared them down and I don't eat after about four o'clock in the afternoon. It's not extreme at all. I literally, I will, so I'm fasting for 12 or 13 hours. They call that, but I don't want to say it like that. I just stopped eating after four or 4.30 in the afternoon. So by 7.30 or 8, all my food is digested if I want to take, you know, but bottom line, and then in the morning, am I hungry? Sure, but it's fine. I've, you know what I mean? It's so easy. I didn't say, oh, I can't eat this. And then I learned to balance what I'm eating. So I do count the calories in my head. If I have something sugary in the morning because someone brought it to us, you know what I mean? Or someone made me a thing. I eat a piece of the banana nut bread. And then I just remember that I can't have anything else that day that's like that. I won't eat a cookie or two because I already had my treat. So now this is after having terrible eating habits for at least 25 or 30 years because I never had them before that. Do you know what I mean? Before I worked in commercial kitchens, I ate healthy. I was tiny and thin. So I may, and my husband in the same vein, because we changed, I eat, a, we eat a lot of vegetables and then some lean protein. That's what we eat. Okay. And I make soup and I make bean soup because it fills you up and you feel good. But the bottom line is it has not been difficult. All I had to do was set my mind to it and say, hmm, I didn't want to, Pat, I wasn't trying to lose 25 pounds in a month and look different. And I just, I, I set my goal to losing weight and now I'm on the next, 
year, that's my plan, to lose 25 more. But I did it because I didn't want to gain the weight back and I never want to do it again. Right. I I want to share with you again, that ties back to circling back to what we were talking about earlier um, and this term intermittent fasting. And I understand the science really, really well. Let's reframe that a little bit. You're not sitting up all night overeating. You are fasting is the absence of eating. That's all that means as we know. Break fast, breakfast is breaking your fast in the morning from eating. But Denise, let's circle back and help those because we are fortunate to be in the food industry, know a lot about it, um, have access to these things. I wanna talk to the listeners about what is going on with you that you are overeating at night and you can't get a handle on what you're eating. Uh, This is why I talk about, are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling life passed you by? Are you feeling too old to change? I love the glass of wine with almonds and a little chocolate chips at night where I'm watching some stupid Netflix show and I finish my little almond snack and then I pick up my knitting and I look up and sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night. We've all done that. Okay. And this is not to shame or make anybody feel, but Denise, you're, 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 you did, it's a shift inside of you. It's nothing to do with the food. You know that. That's right. The shift is, the shift is, is that I, my happiest part of the day is literally, and always has been, Pat, from about, I mean, I get up at five, but from 10 a.m. till four, those are the golden hours right. for me. Right. I conquer anything. Right. I can write a symphony, if you, you know what I mean? I'll learn to read music between 10 and four. But after four o'clock, I'm tired. So then I would just do mindless eating or I was, because I'm tired, I'm looking for energy. And then I eat thinking I'll get more energy, but it's too late to be eating. That's right. For me. And then in the morning, honey, I'm just waking up, but a cup, two cups of tea and I, I can greet my day. Right. So I, I should say this, so I agree with you, um, but it's really, it's just a shift. Now, Kenny lost 15 pounds along with me just because we've made a shift. Right. Now, the funny part is, and this has been during COVID, I always say the same thing to him. I go, well, dinner is served. He said to me the first couple of months, he said, it's only four o'clock. I said, who cares? Close the blinds. You know what I mean? Pretend. And, but I still set the table and I still turn out, the, I light the candles. And guess what? We just eat earlier. Right. And we feel better. That's all it comes down to. We've lost some weight. We've made choices, but it's really, you're right, Pat. It's just a shift. It is a mind shift. Yeah, we can't minimize the horrible, um, deleterious effects that the pandemic has had on us and how um, uh, early on in the pandemic, people were telling me that they were so traumatized and so flipped out. They were sitting up all night um, and, you know, there wasn't a covid 10 or 15, there was COVID 25 and 30 pound weight gain, in some cases, even more. People really thought this was the end of the world. What I also want to emphasize in in this package of, uh, I'm calling it sort of the wellness, is are you afraid to make new friends? Are you afraid to go out and try new things? And don't be, you know, that's that's the... uh, those of us who've had trauma socially where we've had, we were bullied or again, this is, you know, um, and it's, it is, intro, in, uh, it is difficult sometimes to infiltrate a new social circle, but 
find things that I'm telling you, it is so distracting to find a new hobby and find new things that you like to do that you get away from that self-destructive behavior of not brushing your teeth and cleaning your face properly at night, not getting enough sleep, not eating well. They all, this, this sense of accomplishment from learning something new is extraordinary. So, and again, start it, you know, start at 101. You don't have to do something hard. Um, I, so many people say, I make this analogy that, you know, you don't have to go get the bachelor's degree. You can just take a creative writing class. Okay. You don't have to run the, the Athens marathon. You can go for a walk. And these one, I didn't, didn't, didn't we have a little printout, Denise, about that is one step at a time, one bite at a time. Oh, that was one, you, yes. one step at a time is that these little, I call them the tiny habits is actually a guy that wrote a book called tiny habits. His name is BJ Fogg. He's a researcher at Stanford university. And his whole thing is about when he, um, this is graphic. He comes out, you talk about Suzanne and her poop. He comes out of the bathroom. He says, every time he pees, he goes against the wall and he does four push-ups. Um, every time I now, every time I go get up out of my chair and when I go downstairs to get my morning coffee, I sit down in the kitchen and I do 10 sit and stands. I get up, I stand up, I sit down, I stand up and I sit down. What does that do with age? That helps you get up as you get older. So you don't have to hang on to things. It helps strengthen your body. These are tiny, tiny little things. Um, Denise, I want to go off on a little side tangent about this. Um, is We're talking about fear and anger and denial causing fatigue. I think, I don't think I know, I know that unresolved issues cause you to age faster. And primarily resentment, either resentment coming at you or resentment coming from you. So I always say, you want to clean that up. You want to clean up debts. Debts aren't always money. Sometimes they're just apologies. You owe somebody an apology. And you're walking around, always looking over your shoulder that that person's mad at you is going to come at you. It's a horrible way to live. It's like being in prison. So let's confront the past a little bit. It doesn't have to be everything. Apologize to yourself first. Apologize to another person if it's necessary. And forgive whoever you're mad at. It doesn't help your life at all. You can be angry at someone that I've had this, believe me, Denise, you and I have talked about this over and over again. People in the industry that screwed us beyond belief, whether it's money or work or time or our love lives, whoever you're mad at, they might not even be alive anymore, or they're walking around in the world oblivious to it. It's hurting you. Your chest hurts every time you think about it. Your stomach hurts, and it upsets your gut biome, right? We get back into this thing. Those feelings of anger and fear and denial wreak havoc on your body. You now are no longer as healthy as you could be because you're hanging on to those things. Um, you can't change anybody except yourself. And that is going to circle back to how you eat well and how you take care of yourself. That saying, I'll tell you something, this is huge. And one of the things, apologize to yourself first. I'm going to tell you something. People, and this goes back to the shame, and this goes back to self-esteem, and this goes back to how you were raised, all the things you talked about. And I just want to say it again apologize to yourself first. I, I know people that are running away from that, just meaning that's why their behavior is ridiculous because do you know what I mean? 
I can relate. Sometimes you just can't forgive yourself for whatever mistakes you've made in life. And it, it, it eats away at you. You're absolutely right. And I just want to stress that again, because no one tells you, no one teaches you to forgive yourself. Okay. You go into churches, they don't tell you to forgive yourself. They tell you to admit your sins. They tell right. you that's right. such an important point you're making. And I thank you for saying it because I just think that that's a lot of the problems that people have. You know, and I'm going to segue a little bit because we talk about eat well, live well, age well. And, you know, I talk often about the relationship of eating well, and exercising, and also having healthy relationships and having this all fit into your life. Now we get up in the morning and we're supposed to eat chia seeds and we're supposed to drink water and we're supposed to have green tea and you're not supposed to have meat. You're supposed to have meat. You're not supposed to eat dairy. It's a dairy is okay to eat. Um, you have to, you have to go out and walk, but it's snowing or pouring rain out and you have to read a book every day and you have to eat blueberries and you have to do crossword puzzles. or you going to, you're going to develop dementia and all day long, we're feeling like we're not doing enough. And we're by 12 noon, you're exhausted. Did I eat everything I was supposed to eat? Did I drink the amount of water that I was supposed to drink? I always say, uh, you know, that advice on wellness is very important, but it's often, it's often followed at the expense of many other areas of our lives, which ultimately causes us to age faster. That's where stress, you know, we hear about stress um, and, the, and the ill effects it has on your body is that it's, you're going 90 miles an hour internally and mentally. How many times are you so overwhelmed? You know, you put your orange juice in your coffee and you put your, um, your salt back in the refrigerator. And how do you feel when you find it there? Your heart drops to the floor and you think, oh my God, I must be, I must have dementia. I must have cognitive decline. I put my salt in the refrigerator and I poured orange juice into my coffee. No, you're so overwhelmed. <laughs> Cindy's laughing. We all, we're so overwhelmed and so obsessed and so flipped out. Are we living our lives right? There isn't a right or wrong. There just an is. So by 12 noon every day, you're exhausted because you're so scared. You're not doing it right. You're not putting something away right. You're not exercising. You're not. Well, how does that translate even more basically? I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not smart enough. You're enough. You're, you're more than enough. You're beyond enough. That's such, I was just reading that somewhere, Pat. So an article, it may have been, I can't remember now, I'm sorry, but this is, let me put my salt in the refrigerator. But here's the reason why, no, being enough. See, and this is so, if there was anything that parents could teach their children now is that they are enough. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that my parents, my parents were wonderful. I got no complaints, but I'm going to tell you something. My sisters and I got a lot of, not that we weren't enough, but that we should aspire to be more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's the, it's the flip side. of Yes. The yes. Mm -hmm. So if you spend your whole life aspiring to be more. It, when you stop aspiring or whatever happens, then all of a sudden you don't think you're enough. That's correct. That's you hit the nail on the head, Denise. You, I couldn't have said it better. You just, you're, you're a, so, so allegedly arrived. And then you feel like, wait a minute, you know, I'm not fulfilling my potential here. So recently- How many books have you written, Denise? Uh, nine, nine. How many, how many tra countries have you traveled to? You have friends all over the world, been around the world. An amazing life. And in my opinion, you've got many, many more years of that. 
now I have to somewhere we say we go you know I wow I used to be I used to I could have been a contender (laughs) I'll tell you when I had you were a contender you were the winner (laughs) I had this conversation with a friend recently it was darling she's also retired but she's done several things which again she's doing what she's interested in and that's what I'm aspiring to do now I just want to do things I'm interested in that may be another book it may not it may be you know I've been working with a production company on a new tv show idea not I'd be the executive producer I would not be talent I have a vision so I'm working on things but they're not uh, they're not critical every day. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But one of the reasons, so she said to me, you know what you should really do? I said, what? She said, well, you have such good business acumen. You should be doing videos of business acumen for women. Now, which my, a lot of my books were based on building business stuff. I get it. But I turned her and I said, I don't want to. Yeah. She said, what? I said, I helped people. People call me to this day. I'm happy to talk about money with people and stuff. But I spent... 40 years of my life making money, teaching money, working at money, pay, getting paid money. Guess what? I'm kind of tired of money. I, I don't, and I have enough money. How's that for me? I don't care anymore. Do you know what I mean? And so it's a very amazing thing to all of a sudden say to yourself, enough. I've had enough of that. And so that's why you have to shift. What is your, what is your, you know, when I say I'm, I'm asking you this almost rhetorically, but for all of us, what is your quality of life right now? I think everybody should sit back and say, am I living a quality life? Is this the life I want to be living now? Yes. Good idea. Good you know, are you living, are you, li- I, no, you may not be living a quality life. You may not be living in the house you want to be living in. You may not be living in the city you want to be living. What can we do to make whatever your current circumstances have more quality? And quality of life and general health should be addressed as a package. So you know, again, I always say you can be approved, you know, improved at any age. I know these are heavy, deep things. And um, if you want, anybody is welcome to um, reach out to me at www.thefitnessgourmet.com. And I can give you the nuts and bolts of wellness, I can send you books directly and I can help you out and I want to. And I think it's very important that you do know the ABCs of nutrition and wellness, but what's going on inside of you? Where do you wanna be with your quality of life? Now, I like to talk about the evidence-based science. Um, There's too many people on, Denise, I lost track. It's Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, I can't even, there's, there's a new one emerging every day. Um, and what I'm hearing, I sit there and I'm appalled, not even because I'm a trained nutritionist and chef and fitness professional, but the way people are saying it, the way it's being portrayed, it is so wrong and it's not science. It's not accurate information. I'm wondering down the road, are all these people going to be sued later on? So you want to get evidence-based science. Um, There is, uh, I I love that term, and I got it from a cardiologist at Cedars-Sinai Hospital that says evidence-based science. So we, science says, or I've heard, or they say, who's they and where'd you hear it from? Okay, so that's, that's number one. There are six simple lifestyle choices that have been 
looked at in studies over and over and over. You've heard of that Framingham study out of Boston that uh, thousands of nurses were studied from the time they were 20 until the time they died. It, it went on for, for years to try to determine what happens to us as we age, what happens to us through menopause. These are the kind of studies following somebody through their whole entire life. And now the world has changed and the stress we're under. So what are those things? Everybody should quit smoking. Yeah. But you know what? I have friends that still smoke. I, I'm stunned. I, I, I'm stunned, but they do. And this uh, people that I, I agree with you about, people that I love and admire and you get to a restaurant or an office building and they are smoking a cigarette out front and you, uh, vaping. I know. I know. Have, I know. Vape. And I'm, I'm appalled kind of, I mean, I'm not, it's not a judgment thing. I'm just thinking of all the, the, the easiest thing in the whole world to change in your health is stop smoking. I mean, it, well, the resources are unlimited. So I want to want you to ask yourself, you know, it's the kiss of death. Yeah. You know, it's hurting everybody around you. So why are you still doing it? I'm not saying it to shame. I'm saying, look inside yourself. The second thing is the plant-based diet. Vegan, vegetarian, veggies most, has to be peppers. You can't eat nightshades. Eggplants are bad for you. Sweet potatoes are good for you. It goes on. None of that's true. A plant, you eat, you eat a wide variety of vegetables. Try to have a salad, if not at every meal, some point during the day. I make it a point, especially during COVID, um, to have one orange and one apple throughout the day. So whether that's my, you know, later in the day snack, or I get up in the morning and I'm making breakfast, um, you guys see my Facebook posts all the time. I take yesterday's vegetable and I make today's omelet with it. So we have veggie omelets during the day, or I'll take hard boiled eggs, chop them up and mix them in with some vegetables and make uh, so I have a salad. So I'm always getting some plant in. That's the other thing that ties in the, into the hydration. It's good to drink water. You don't have to have measuring cups and you will not be struck dead by lightning if you don't drink eight glasses of water a day. Just have water nearby you um, and foods that are hydrating, which is plant-based. Movement of any kind throughout the day. I feel very, I am so grateful to live in a two-story house. I am going to move out of my two-story house. I don't know that it's good for old age, but I run up and down the stairs all day long and I, and I get mad. Oh, shoot. I left my phone upstairs. Yeah. I run downstairs. Oh no. I left my cup of coffee at my desk. I'm running up and down and you know, my iPhone calculates it. And at the end of the day, on most days I've walked 10 or 12 flights of stairs. Do you know how good that is for your cardiovascular system? And I'm not running You're or not trying. I'm not even trying. I'm not even trying. So I just tell people, People say, I can't, you know, I can't get off my duff to go work out. Just go up and down the stairs in your house a couple of days. Um, so that that's all I'm saying is movement, just some sort of movement. Healthy relationships. That has been proven over and over and over again to make us happy as we age. Just find somebody to have camaraderie with. And you know what? At this age, a sexual relationship, a non-sexual relationship, um, a same-sex relationship, whatever works for you. There's a million ways to do this. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's any relationship that you can find in your life that's fulfilling, do it. This is why pets are so important. This is why keeping in touch with your family members. Denise, let's get back to that holding on to emotions and anger and, and so forth, is that um, if you hold grudges against family members and you're aggressive 
And these are all the things you do as you, as you're making your way in the world. And I'm not going to let anybody stop me. And you look at me crooked, you're out of my life. That is not going to serve you well as you get older. As you get older, you need a companionship. You need people around you. Um, and I always say, you know, the last thing is that, should we have a drink a day? Should we have that piece of chocolate cake? A bite of any of this stuff isn't going to hurt you. I don't have a glass of wine every day anymore because I'm finding it makes me too tired. But do I think the red wine is good? I mean, groggy tired. I've, I'm, I've become such a wuss in my old age with it. So a three ounce pour a couple of days a week is giving me my cardiovascular benefit with a couple of chocolate chips. I like the semi-sweet chocolate baking chips. Believe it or not, I could eat Baker's chocolate. I love it. And then integrating all these things into your life, being around friends, getting enough sleep, think combining it all into one and not obsessing over any one of these behaviors. All right, Pat, you have touched on so many important things. And of course, set it in the nicest way possible. So you're inspiring and not shaming. I, I concur. The nicest thing that's happened to me from retiring and retiring from my business, not retiring from life. I understand. Retiring from my business. I loved it. It was fabulous, but I'd had enough. Like we go back to had enough. I sometimes think, was there anything I didn't accomplish being a food stylist or anything? Not really. Okay. I did it. I, and I had fun and I made money and I, and mostly the reason I started the podcast was to still be, to stay in touch with Cindy because of the healthy relationship you're talking about. But I have to tell you something, Pat, honest to God, when you start to integrate it all, I just had a very unintegrated life because I worked so many hours. So exactly what you said. Some days I don't have a glass of wine. I forget to have a glass yes. of wine. Are you <laughs> yeah. You know, so again, it's because I'm not giving myself that treat because I've worked 12 hours that day with a bunch of fuckheads that I didn't right. like or right. a bunch of nasty people. Yep. So everything you're saying for me naturally has just integrated because I'm not, you know what I mean? Because my life shifted because I was able to change. But I know that I could have done some of these shifts when I was still working if I had given it the correct amount of attention. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And that's what I think your whole book, when I read your book, it's like paying attention. It's not, it's paying attention. And I think that that's the most important thing. All right. So everyone, the fitnessgourmet.com is still your website, isn't yes. it? Mm -hmm. But Cindy will put up, as we know, Cindy puts up all the information about you when we get there. If people want to reach Cindy and I, they go to womenbeyond at icloud.com. Um, Pat's book is Pat, say the name of uh, Eat Well, yeah, Live Eat well, well, Live Well, Age Well by Patricia Greenberg. And um, you can also get me that way. Uh, it all links together is eatwelllivewellagewell.com or the fitnessgourmet.com. Um, and please, again, uh, my email is the fitnessgourmet at mac.com, M-A-C, like the computer. Uh, for any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me. You are a fountain of information Thank and a you. fountain of youth. Thank you. And you know, Pat, the thing, and we've said this, and you and I've talked about this privately, and it's not easy for everyone, but you said it about grudges. I say it about forgiving myself. 
all of that is a big ball of wax because in the olden days, do you remember when people used to say, well, you get the face you deserve it for? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I don't, I think now that you could say you get the face you deserve at 50, okay? Because we, everybody's living longer or yep. even 60. But when I see people that have had, and it's not because their lives were so difficult, it's how they process. A hundred percent. It's the way you, it's all about the way you perceive it and the way that you process information. So, Absolutely. Oh, Denise, I, I, I'm I'm chilled yeah. listening to that. That's no, it's all I, about the way that you've handled your life. We no, I but I've had friends that have had into me nothing but success. Right. But because they can't accept that, they they don't look young because they feel old. Do you know what I mean? And right. that's so sad. It's just well, honey, you're going to come back and talk to us again because I just know there's so many things you can help us with. Oh my goodness, it's a bottomless pit of information, and I so enjoy talking to you at all times. Absolutely. Well, you're so good at it. Thank you. Thank you, and Miss Cindy is always thank Miss Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. Mm -hmm. Cindy keeps the. I say this, but she keeps the train on the track. Yeah. Yes. Because you know I can get lost very easily. I can just get lost very easily doing whatever I think is important that day. Thank you, Patricia. Thank, Thank you, you, ladies. Stay well and um, just have a wonderful, beautiful 2022 and beyond. Uh, We've got, you know what? We've all have things to look forward to. Yep, yep. absolutely. Thank you, Miss Pat. Thanks. Thank you, ladies. I'll see you soon. Okay. Women beyond a certain age. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye.